24 second podcast we are back drin what are we talking about today today we're going to talk about the los angeles lakers and their recent play arju has this lakers run recently been concerning for you i think a little bit i think um you know them losing to the blazers now means that they're the seventh seed um which means that they would be in the playing tournament uh they could potentially be playing steph curry and the warriors um and so I think it's I think it's a little concerning, especially since LeBron also said, um, you know, he's never going to be 100 percent again. Anthony Davis continues to have these these continuous injuries. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little concerning. And also just the fact that the seventh seed has never won a championship before. I know circumstances are different. This is a LeBron James led team. But, you know, historically, it's never been done before. And so if he wants to if, if the Lakers want to to win this championship, they're going to have to create some history in the process. Yeah. And you see a lot of people talking about how, yeah, like they'll win the play in and they'll be in the playoffs. So it'll be just fine. But it's not, it's not the fact that people think they won't make the playoffs or it'll be hard. Uh, it'll be hard for them to beat the Warriors, Grizzlies, Spurs. It's the fact that they're making this run for themselves to win a championship much harder by starting the seventh or eighth seed if they make the play and they're going to have to play one of those top seeds in the Western conference. So they're making it harder for themselves. That's where the problem stems from. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that leads to the next question. Does this mean, are they still the favorites? I mean, they could be playing the the Utah jazz or the, the Phoenix suns in the first round. Are there teams right now that are better than them in your opinion? I think that stems down to health. If the Lakers are fully healthy and, and as fans, as people who, uh, yeah, as, as fans, we only know, like, w- what we're told, and we haven't been told, like, what percent LeBron is. But if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are both 100%, they're the favorites. If you see LeBron James isn't healthy, like he said, um, then, then other teams like the Suns and Clippers, in my opinion, start rising up that throne. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, let's let's just talk about how the Clippers have played recently. I mean, the Rajon Rondo acquisition has been really good for them. Um but I don't necessarily think that makes them the championship favorites. I mean, again, this all comes down to health, right? Like if LeBron's not going to be a hundred percent, is that LeBron still healthy enough to take this Lakers team to the finals, right? 50%, 75% LeBron is still an amazing basketball player. The average NBA player, um, 50% of that is not really a good basketball player, but with LeBron James, 50 to 75% of LeBron is, is still a phenomenal basketball player. It just comes down to, will he get injured again? You saw AD get injured again. Um, that That's just what I want to see before I, I say who the favorites are, because if they're fully healthy, it's still the Lakers. Okay. Yeah. No, I do, agree. Do you agree with that? Or do you have a different perspective? No, no, I agree. I just, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to stay healthy enough. Yeah. You know? And, and this has never really been an issue with LeBron, you know, like he's always been healthy. He's known for being healthy and never really experiencing any true injuries. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing, like, let's say LeBron is only 50%, right? I don't know. It makes it a lot harder. I mean, he's still, he's still a great basketball player. Let's not take that away from him. But if he's 50%, he's going to be good, but is he going to be like playoff LeBron? You know, that's my concern is, if he's not fully healthy, will he be able to take his game to the to a level that he usually takes his game to? Does that make sense? No, yeah, I, I completely get that perspective too. But one thing I wanted to talk about, Arju, was the supporting cast, right? Like in these last five games that the Lakers have, they can't have they can't afford 
their supposed third guy in Kyle Kuzma to have another game like he did against the Blazers where he had four points. This is a time where LeBron is out. AD is still trying to recover back to 100%. They need this supporting cast like Kuzma, Caruso, KCP, Drummond to all step up and help AD because you can't you, you can't expect to leave the, the situation you're in, which is the seventh seed, if you're not going to step up, right? So I, I just think that's something important to talk about. You need the whole supporting cast to step up these next few five games. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma just is such an interesting player to me. Like, he's very inconsistent. And also the Andre Drummond signing really hasn't worked out for them, which kind of leads to the question. Yeah, he's not been good defensively at all. Yeah, and, and that was the main reason they had signed him. I mean, he fouled out, you know. He fouled out within, what was it, less than 20 minutes? I guess the question for me is, should they have been more aggressive during the trade deadline? If I'm looking back right now, and obviously hindsight is 2020, I think they should have been more aggressive. Um you know, with, with all these other teams that were being so aggressive during the trade deadline, you know, I wanted to see the Lakers be more aggressive, um, especially since, again, like, these injury concerns, I, I feel as though we had voiced with the shortened offseason and stuff like that. I feel like we had voiced those in the past, and I wanted to see them be able to give their stars, LeBron and Anthony Davis, a break towards the end of the year or at least come up with a better load management schedule. Um, and so I feel like they should have been more aggressive during the trade deadline to make up for that. Andre Drummond hasn't, that, that signing hasn't really worked out well for them. Um, and you can even argue that Marcus Saul has been playing better um, ever since they brought in Andre Drummond. And so I feel like they should have been more aggressive. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, in hindsight, you could make the argument that they should have pulled the trigger on the Kyle Lowry trade because the reports at the time were that the Lakers were unwilling to give up Taylor Horton Tucker because they saw the potential they, they see they see true potential in him and they think he's going to be a great player in this league. But for the now, Kyle Lowry, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, what team in the Western Conference is going past that? So maybe they should have been more aggressive. Yeah, and I, it would have been interesting to see like who they would have gone after, you know? And especially now, like we're talking about LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but Dennis Schroeder's out. He's out, he's out for a 10 to 14 days a few days ago. So now he probably has like um, maybe like eight to 10 days before he comes back, he's going to miss, if not like the whole regular regular season. And so when you lose a guy like that, one of their best playmakers alongside LeBron James, one of their defensive guards, a guy who can give you 15 a night, he, he's averaging six, uh, 16, six and four this season. So when you lose him and LeBron's not there, like I said before, Anthony Davis and his supporting cast really have to step up. Yeah, so, I mean, so now, like, Dennis Schroeder, all of a sudden, he's out. And so you really think what could have been with that Kyle Lowry trade? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, no, I think you summed it up pretty well, Dren. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, man, let's get into our 24-second Q&A. All right, let me hear your question. All right, I have a question about the Lakers. And this is just, like, to, to play devil's advocate a little, just to, to see your reaction to this. This is what I was thinking about, right? Okay. What if the Lakers prefer being in the seventh seed in the play-in rather than being the sixth seed and playing the Clippers in the third, in the first round with the third seed, they can go to the plane and they can kind of put an like I'm putting an emphasis on kind of choose who they want to play because at that point they'll know who's the first seed and who's the second seed. Yeah. I mean, NBA conspiracy theories. My, my, my concern is why would you want to play extra games then? 
Like you're already not healthy. Why would you want to play more? It's only one or two at the end of the day, because I I just feel like if I really want to go into this conspiracy, I don't think this is true, by the way. I just, I've heard a lot of people talking about this. Um, They know the Clippers are most likely going to finish as the third seed. They don't want to play them in the first round if they're not 100% healthy and they see an easier route through a team like the Jazz, maybe. Yeah, but think about it this way. All right, let's say you want to be like more healthy. All right, you still got to beat the Jazz in a seven-game series, right? And once you beat the Jazz, you're already tired from playing them. And so you, you're not going into that Clippers series as refreshed or as you know prepared, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that, that's a perspective I, I – I completely understand because when I first heard about this, I was like, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. But then um, I thought about it and I was like, yo, what if, what if, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, I feel like regardless, you're going to have to play them eventually. If you play them right now or you play them when you're, you know, or when you play them after you play the jazz, like you're, you're going into the series still expected to play them. Yeah. And I, I agree with you because, I don't think the plane is an ideal situation for any team like the Boston Celtics right now. The Boston Celtics don't want to be in a plane right now. They want to, they want yeah. to be in this uh, four through 60 to know who they're going to play and rest up. Same. Yeah. The Lakers and these other teams. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, my question to you is, so, you know, the season is coming to an end, you know, where I, I think we're about like nine days away from the start of the plane tournament. Um, you know, there's been a lot of teams that have disappointed this year. There's been a lot of teams that have overperformed. Um, give me three coaches that you think are on the hot seat right now, like not mainstream. Luke Walton, Brad Stevens, and Terry Stotts. Interesting. Brad, you I mean, Brad look, Stevens? Yeah, Brad, Brad Stevens, man. Look, he, he, alongside his front office, I truly believe, and we've talked about this before, I've, I've always questioned why he's never received more criticism. I think he's a great coach. I think he did a great job in, at Butler as well. But when you have a team that just made the Eastern Conference finals and lost in six, it's not like you got swept. You lost in six, so you were close to going to the finals. And you don't make any offseason moves like trying to acquire a, a, a true big man in Nikola Vucevic or go for the big names like Rudy Gobert or Carl Anthony Towns, but instead you, you sign a guy like Tristan Thompson. I, after that signing happened, I knew that this was going to be a rough season for the Boston Celtics, and so I don't think he made the necessary acquisitions f- to improve that Boston team from last year. And yeah. like I, I, I talked about this in a few episodes ago uh, when we talked about what's wrong with the Boston Celtics. I just don't think he makes necessary adjustments at times. He gets outcoached a lot especially in close games towards the end, it feels like he's not drawing up the right place. Yeah. And I, I, I feel as though, um, you know, Danny Ainge repeatedly throughout his, his tenure as GM, he hasn't just, he hasn't like, especially in the past five years, he hasn't been aggressive enough, right? Like you have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown. Yes. You signed Kemba, but Kemba, you know, with his knee injuries, you're not really sure what's going to happen with Kemba. Um, and, and, you haven't been aggressive enough to bring in a big man, which continues to be the problem that you're facing. Um, and so I've, I've just been really disappointed with how the GM has, has, you know, GM and Danny H has been throughout this, the last like five years. And the sad part is that I'm sure the Boston Celtics are going to have phenomenal performances in the playoffs from Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, Kemba Walker. 
But then the reason why they're going to lose is because they're getting um, dominated by the big other big guys on the other teams like Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Bam Adebayo, Giannis. Who's guarding those players on the Celtics? Cornette? Yeah, they're, they're clearly is is a, is a phenomenal defender, but he can't guard Joel Embiid the whole time in a series, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's where I think actually a lot of Boston Celtics would agree with me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think those are fair points that you made. Um, but, yeah, is there anything else you want to you add to that? I mean, the other two coaches I talked about, we, we, talked about um, we talked about Terry Stotts many times on this podcast. And Luke Walton, that, that situation is, can be explained by itself at the end of the day. The Sacramento Kings have underachieved for many years. And you, you can argue that players like De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Marvin Bagley would thrive better with a, a better coach in front office. Yeah, agreed. Luke Walton has to go. Luke Walton has to go. But I think that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave a like and subscribe. But, uh, but for now, we'll catch you next time. Peace.